This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Oh, man. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. Happy uh, 2018. At least that's what I should be saying. No. Uh, uh, 19. 19. <laughs> 19. I, was, I haven't been on the show since 2018. <laughs> Properly. Right. I mean, I guess in pre-recorded since I have. Uh, but I'm Riley Blanton, your host. And that other voice you're hearing is uh, our co-host, our uh, Wookiee co-pilot for the episode. It's Mr. Scott Rifen. What's up, Scott? Howdy, kids. Man, it's so good to hear your voice. Uh, d- well, thank you. I appreciate it. I never hear it. your voice enough. You know, you, people don't know this, but the last several years... At the end of the year, you've been making an annual pilgrimage and staying yeah. with me while you kind of set your year. Yep. And yep. So, so my like staying with me is like the kickoff to your year usually. And we didn't get you this year. I know. I was bummed. It's the first year of me being active duty military. And I just I'm didn't have the uh, the leave. And I, uh, well, I was bummed. I was super bummed. Um, I don't blame you. We were bummed to not have you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's part. Of, I want to try to make it happen next year. It's more likely because I'll have a, a different. Uh, I'll be at a different duty location. Um, uh, uh, but we no, fixed up guest room too. Oh, oh, uh, rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah, no. I it, it and remember was it wasn't last year, but it was the year before where we actually because it's always right at New Year where we did the. Death Star countdown yes. and did a live stream, which to date I don't know if I ever told you, uh, Scott, our most streamed and watched piece of online content um, no! ever. Yeah, it trended on our page for some reason. It was like one of those freak internet things. I don't know how it works, but I, like a bunch of I went back and looked. And it's like oh, thousands of people were watching at some point. <laughs> I had no excellent. idea. Um, excellent, and they so they got to see my little theater room. Yes. Thousands of people got to see my theater. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, man, it's good to talk to you. I know you were just on the show last week, so to everybody listening to the show, like it's uh, it's uh, deja vu. But for me, <laughs> it's been forever since I've had a chance to podcast with you, so I'm excited to yeah. talk Star Wars uh, tonight. Bruce and uh, Mark are out this week. Uh, Bruce is getting ready to head to Puerto Rico, um, which I did not know until I talked to him earlier today. <laughs> so he's packing up um, but anyway uh, we've got a lot to talk about uh, in the show and a lot to catch up on and normally this is the part of the show where I'd hit the news button we get into the news but I want to uh, change things up Scott um, okay. when, when last you heard my voice on this podcast it was in the series of episodes that we recorded that Bruce and I recorded uh, our commentary our one year look back series at The Last Jedi revisiting The Last Jedi it earned us some awesome emails and some one star iTunes reviews <laughs> no yeah well hey, it happens uh, it happens people it, it, it's it's a near religious ex- uh, experience the it, it, opinions on Last Jedi it's funny because it is it not only 
And that's the weird thing to me, what I've noticed online with this whole thing, is it's not just that people feel strongly about it one way or the other, but if you don't agree with them, yep. they will go get you. Yeah. No. And, and that's either side of the divide. Yeah. No, it's 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 crazy. But like, let's focus on the positive. You guys sent some great email, and uh, we got this email from Nate. Uh, and Nate says, uh, and I love it, by the way, when emails start this way, Riley, okay, hear me out. Which is a great way to start. Um, in the last episode, in the last episode, you guys are doing uh, your last Jedi review. Talked about or questioned why Star Destroyers wouldn't just drop in over Hoth or Jedi when we we're talking about battle strategy. Number one, we have a series of points here. First, uh, the Star Destroyers were capable of low atmospheric insertion. There are a few. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do few old canon re references ah yes old canon uh, for why they would or wouldn't uh, we may have been seeing one of the older victory class star destroyers over jetta they were lighter and much more capable of low atmospheric entry the planet could also um the planet oh i lost my place oh here it goes the planet could also have lower gravity emitting uh, easier uh, escape velocity and then let's say perhaps hoth i certainly do not think vader super star destroyer would have been capable of low atmospheric hovering so to speak Excuse me, I'm, let me push my glasses up real quick. Um, but also remember, if I may interject Yes, here, yes. Uh, the deflector shield on Hoth was strong enough to deflect any bombardment. So there was no point in their coming in low. They had to come in outside the barrier. Uh, and that's why they landed the walkers in Empire Strikes Back. Because I, I, I never got... I never quite got that until I was literally doing the military themes of Star Wars panel last Dragon Con, and I was we were talking about tactics and like why that was the case if they were trying to like if Vader kind of got in the way because it'd be uh, it'd be like our our top general being in the compound we're trying to bomb uh, in in real life. Um, but Nate goes on to say, too, from the strategic standpoint, Empire Strikes Back particularly, they called out the fact that they had planetary shields that could withstand bombardment. Hence, um, ah, see? yep, hence, hence why they had to perform ground insertion and the direct yep. uh, assault to disable the shields. Uh, to top that off, number three, the rebels also had a defense mechanism that would have caused it to rain star destroyers uh, from the sky. Did I read that wrong? To top that off, the rebels had a, a defense mechanism that would cause that would have caused it to rain star destroyers from the sky. If those capital right. ships had been model uh, models of capable of low atmospheric insertion, uh, shots from the ion cannon would have caused them to uh, crash into the planet's surface. Uh, mm. Were they low enough to be inside the gravity well of the planet, assuming that it wasn't just Imperial ground forces wanting to get some time to slice all the glory? Uh, of under general veers uh <laughs> that makes perfect sense actually yes uh, this is one of my favorite sentences in the history of emails to the show are you ready for it we may yes. possibly postulate that naval doctrine considered uh it too great a risk uh, for the very expensive capital ships for them to typically perform this kind of maneuver Jeddah was not contested territory, with the exception of the very small rebel forces on the ground. Even taking out a few repulsors on a ship of that scale, with that much mass, may have had enough to have it bring it, bring it crashing to the ground, and therefore too much of a risk of too great an asset. Huh. I love it when people think too much about Star Wars. It's one of my favorite pastimes. I love it. It's why I do this I podcast. 
Oh, man. Uh, Nate goes on to say, just my thoughts on the topic. Um, who's to say the Imperial Navy wasn't often more reckless and dove in head first uh, with a suborbital bomb? But my guess is that a higher orbit bombardment would uh, probably... Uh, yes, be a more regular thing given toxic, given the toxic command structure uh, stru- climate of the Imperial Navy. You could say that. Um, yeah. Or giving the force choking climate of the Imperial Navy. Yes. I would uh, gather yes. most of them were probably stuck pretty close to the book in order to avoid suffering uh, fatal office hours at the hands you, of Lord you know, Vader. Working for a big corporation as I do now, that is one of the things that they always tell you is uh, if, if somebody above you come up with a if somebody above you comes up with a game plan. If you don't agree with it, you do it anyway. Because if you go off on your plan and they told you to do something different, it's your butt. But if you do exactly what they told you to do and it doesn't work, it's their butt. <laughs> it, th- listen, but the military never works like that. I don't know what you're talking oh, yeah, about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Self-preservation is certainly not a thing. <laughs> oh man uh, so, and this is my favorite part of the whole email um, Nate wraps up saying I uh, really enjoyed the podcast and the whole S- SWR team puts in a lot of thought and solid work into the product thanks man uh, keep up the good work honestly your episode about the court martial of Poe Dameron played a part in my decision to lead a vet led military sci-fi discussion podcast uh, with a bunch of my friends and we're still struggling to get things up the audio levels oh you guys will get there um, so um, but maybe we can figure it all out and we can have you on sometime yeah man hit me up email me and I'd be happy to come on um, that's Nate from the uh, Pulse Rifles and Plasma Grenades podcast. Go download it. Go check it out, guys. Pulse Rifles and Plasma Grenades podcast. And thanks, man. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, hey, thanks for your service. Appreciate it. Um, that, that always yeah. makes me so excited to um, hear people listening to the show, especially who are military. Because, Scott, even in the days when I was still, when I was doing the show in college and stuff, and I was heading towards getting into the military, uh, it was always like a thrill to meet people who uh, were in the service of some kind or another and, and listen to the show. It's always cool because you always wonder like where people have listened, which is always super cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I just, by the way, went and subscribed to Pulse Rifles and Plasma Grenades. So. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah th- thanks, man. All right. Let's, uh, you know what? Uh, let's get into it. There's a bit of news. We have something to report. Delta have the news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. All right. It's uh, Ewan McGregor. He's in. He's the star of episode nine, Scott. No, kind of. Oh, wow. Well. What? Who? What? And he's face dad. What? <laughs> um, of course he is. If they made Ray Kenobi, I'd be really excited, Scott. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. How, how could it? How could it work? Granddaughter, granddaughter. How it would have to be, but yeah. then you've got him violating the rules of the Jedi Order. Would he have done that? He's. Uh, Are you gonna uh, go Clone Wars on me? I uh, maybe a little bit. I always got the sense it's it's Ewan McGregor. He's always so, he's so debonair, so dashing. Oh. I don't think he was necessarily. Um, the biggest rule follower. I think he takes after Qui-Gon. I, let's be honest. I don't think um, Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan stuck to the rules all the time. That's what I'm saying. Qui-Gon certainly didn't. No. But I always felt like, I mean, you know, Obi-Wan would argue with him about the rules. Yeah. He'd say, hey, if you were, if you know, if you stuck to the rules, you might be in the council. How about that? Yeah, that's true. But he, but he's, but at the same time, Obi-Wan, you know, he, as he aged, I think he saw the value in, um, Qui-Gon's carefree attitudes, perhaps. He's like, there's this Duchess well, Satine. You know, She's, it's funny, because I was actually, my son and I were talking about this this morning, about the lineage discussion. Because I remember, 
in October of 2017, you know, we're a couple of months away from yep. uh, Last Jedi. We visited, actually, I say we visited New York City. You know that. You were there. I was. <laughs> yeah. What was but, the, was that New York Comic Con that overlapped with, or was that another thing I was doing? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, you were, you were at New York Comic Con. I was there because my wife bought me a the birthday present of a trip up there to see the New York Philharmonic do uh, The Force Awakens. Play the score. That's right. Live. That's right. And I was kind of jealous of you. Not well, you should have been because it was. Awesome. We were in the third row at Lincoln Center with the New York Philharmonic right in front of us. Uh, it, it was. It was a the kind of night that brings you chills. And, yeah. and you know, just thinking about it gives you chills. But uh, I remember going. We went into the Disney store, and one of the cast members accosted me because I had a Last Jedi shirt on, ah. uh, one that I'd gotten from Disney World, and. He just, oh, what do you think? What about, what about Ray? You think she's Skywalker? I think she's Skywalker. She could be Kenobi, you know. But and and I would just say, you know, and, and that's one of the things, as you know, I have a few criticisms of Last Jedi, uh, and I always hate when people say, well, it's just because it didn't give you your expectations. But I had no expectations on that. In fact, I I always felt like, you know, if they made it, if they made her a Skywalker or whatever, it would have been too easy. I wanted them to do something interesting with it. Yeah, but. But Skywalker, just straight up, oh, Skywalker lineage. It's it is too easy. Yeah, I uh, can see that. Well, you know yeah. what? The thing about the Last Jedi. Ryan has written a story that's unexpected but right. Some of the stuff that happens, people are going to be like, oh my god. <laughs> it's so funny to play those clips it's, now. <laughs> yes, they did say that. <laughs> they did say that, Daisy Ridley. I love how I keep that audio around just because, like, when that that's from the Comic Con reel that they did before the movie came out. And it's just yeah. like, it's so, so pertinent because they're like, Ryan, Ryan's, Ryan's really led a film that's, it's so unexpected. And then you have like yes. John Boyega's like, that's right, it's, it's so unexpected. Uh, I can't really do a John Boyega accent. But anyway, they were all like that and so excited about it being, and then it goes like, what is it? What was the rest? I'm trying to, all right, I'm pulling it. I'm hoping it'll be a little shocking, but I'm hoping it'll feel real and honest. It was a little shocking to some people, Ryan. It was a little shocking. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and uh, honest. <laughs> it was, listen, it was, it, was, it was true to his vision. That's one thing you can't argue with Ryan Johnson on. The man stuck to his guns, to his He vision. still sticks to his guns. I, so, you know, um, he sticks to, to the tweets, too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but I'll, we will get we'll si- <laughs> we'll, uh, side- Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's in, in episode nine. Well, kind yeah. of, kind of. This is a source. I, this is one of those things where I saw the link and that link to a link, that link to a link. And the originating source on this is The Sun, a UK tabloid a newspaper that likes to do run Star Wars rumor stories. Um, but they, I remember they had some interesting stuff. They ran some like leaked pictures from the episode eight set when there's stuff happening in Ireland, like two years ago. And so like, it's a hit or miss. Uh, take it for what it is. Get out your salt shaker if you need it. But uh, according to the sun, um, uh, Ewan McGregor set to return as Obi-Wan Kenobi. The reason they say this, uh, a source says, quote, Ewan will secretly film for the next Star Wars movie, Disney's been mulling over a standalone Obi-Wan film. They have concerns about getting the story right. Um, so, And that's literally the only quote that they have. So concerns about that standalone film that may not happen, that doesn't look like it's happening, but they are getting him to film. And they have some anonymous source uh, saying that. So, And did they, not, did they say that they saw Ewan McGregor on the set or approaching the studios or something? What's, uh, the source that linked to this source did... Uh-huh. But all right, 
Uh-huh. Let me so because like the flicker, flickering myth linked to the sun, and on their thing they they say, uh, Ewan McGregor will secretly record shoot scenes for episode nine later this year, presumably appearing as Force Ghost Obi Wan Kenobi. Now this could very well be guesswork on the sun's part, but McGregor did supply some dialogues for the Force Awakens, as we well know. Um, and uh, Ryan Johnson also considered him to appear alongside Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that was in the commentary. Like, they thought about getting Obi-Wan mm. to appear alongside uh, Yoda. Can I do a quick side jag? Um, yeah. Did you, you like know, that scene? That. So, I, I, I won't, because I don't even know if we talked about it in the commentary. I don't think we did. But the, the Yoda sequence of, that's really sort of the... the um, the punchline, the point, the sort of... That's really where I think Ryan drives home what he was trying to do with mm-hmm. the message of The Last Jedi, the sort of letting the past die, when he has mm-hmm. the season, the we are what they grow beyond quote, like that whole exchange between Yoda and Luke. What did you think of sure. that one? Because I know you, you have your criticisms of the film, as do we all. Yeah, but you know, I, I and, and mine, I think, are different from a lot of people's. Um, yeah. But uh, I... I I enjoyed a lot of the Yoda stuff. I liked the Yoda scenes, but a lot of it had to do with the fact that I just was enthralled by watching Yoda and listening to Frank Oz's yeah, Yoda too. It was amazing. Uh, um, and it was really you know, well done. Like as far as the characterization yeah. and dialogue, it seemed like yeah. something that would be right out of empire. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was classic Yoda right there. Uh, and, and that went a long way. Uh, I, I, well, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't want to get, <laughs> there seemed to be a very mixed message in let the past die, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then she saves the books. Oh yeah. And you know, Yoda calls down the lightning on the tree and we're going to burn it up, but she saved the book and he knew she saved the books. Yoda knew she had those books. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I I really liked the that. I feel like that part of the message worked. The idea that um, it's not that Luke failed as a Jedi, or that it's not that even that the Jedi Order failed. I mean, they but they experienced um, failure, and it was important oh. that they pass on how to grow beyond that. And I think that yeah. works more. I think the way it comes off with the dialogue of um, uh, Kylo Ren, and I think the way the sort of that message made its way into the conversation outside of the movie itself, um, it very much became a uh, the narrative of the F-U-J-J, you know, type thing <laughs> came, came across, well, you know- yeah. There's also though this this there's an adage in this country and you hear it a lot on the news where uh, if we have tough economic times you'll always hear inevitably some news organization every news organization will at some point do the story on how the next generation will not be as well off as their parents uh, and I think that is one of those things that that is a desire culturally that parents want their children to live a better life than they do. Uh, they want their children to have a higher standard of living. You know, they want their children to surpass what yeah. they did. Yeah. And um, and I think that's kind of encapsulated in that in that exchange. You know, it's the same thing. We want the next Jedi, generation of Jedi to be better than us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we want them to not repeat our mistakes. We want to pass those mistakes on so they know uh, not to repeat them. So yeah. Yeah. No, I, that makes sense. And I and I like that element. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, we can't. We won't do the the whole um, last Jedi revisit, but. But hey, uh, I'd be okay with Obi Wan showing up 
freaking Ian McGregor. Come on, make the Obi Wan movie. Don't make it a movie. Just uh, cut the budget. Uh, do this a limited series, six episodes maybe, on on Disney Plus. You know, the, it's funny because you know all of those Star Wars stories being put on hold as they've been, as we've been told. Yeah. Um, I still, and none of them have been were ever really announced. The I only, mean, Obi Wan was never. Announced. No, Obi Wan was never announced. The I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, Boba I guess Fett the, was kind of talked about after it was put on hold. That well, yeah, it we was were kind of working on Boba Fett. Yeah, it was announced um, that they were working on the, a film with Josh Trank, but I don't think they ever said what it was about. I mean, we all know it was Boba Fett, but yeah, and and the same yeah. same thing with the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Is they said Ryan Johnson's doing a trilogy, and now they haven't said anything since then. No, but it's funny because like you know when I go places, I would say eighty percent of my wardrobe is Star Wars T-shirts, and. Uh, you know, when I go places, people want to engage you. People want to engage you in conversation uh, about Star Wars when they see the shirt on you. And people pretend to knowledge that they do not have. And it was it happened to me the other day at the convenience store. And I was buying some gas, and guy saw my Star Wars shirt. Hey, you know, when's that Obi-Wan movie coming out? I can't wait for that. I'm waiting for that. And then right after that, you know, they're doing a Boba Fett movie. I was like, you know, they're not. <laughs> yeah. <he always laughs> and and I've got to throw the water bubble. on them. Like, guess what? No, they're they're really not doing that. Yeah. Sorry. I'd, I'd like to see an Obi-Wan movie. I'd like to see, you know, something set around the John Jackson Miller Kenobi novel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as far as what's upcoming, because um, we're going to hit on Galaxy's Edge a little bit, but I think it's, this is a good moment to kind of take inventory of what actually is coming, because it's hard to actually to keep track of what is and mm-hmm. isn't happening. Um, it's not It's not hard to keep inventory of what's coming to theaters. That's true. Episode 9. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and whatever freaking Game of Thrones dudes are doing. If it's even yeah. the thirders, maybe they'll change their mind. Maybe our movie theaters are going to be uh, going to be around in two years. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we have Star Wars Resistance ongoing. Never seen an episode. Doesn't interest me. Haven't seen it. Want to see it? Not don't have time. Yeah, I mean, I guess unlike a for popcorn kind of thing, but it's it's just isn't it doesn't quite seem well, for me. I, from well, everything I've heard, tra- if you saw the trailer for the new stuff, I mean, it does seem to take it up a notch. Oh, really? I haven't seen any of the new trailers or yeah. spots. Watch, I, watch the new trailer. I think it's it it got me really interested. Mm, yeah. Okay. I, I'll I'll take a. I might give it a second chance here. Take, just just take my word for it and watch the trailer. If you don't dig the trailer, you know, I'm not I'm not telling you to go watch it, but I I would I'd give the trailer a shot at the very least. It's 2 minutes of your life, Riley, for crying out loud. Okay, so it came out mid-season trailer came out January 9th. Is that what we're talking about? We'll give it a whirl. Yes. So, all right. We'll do this live on the show now. It's about okay. 2 minutes. I'll 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 talk over some here. Okay. That is yeah, the fourth tie fighter to arrive here this week. You have such a tremendous interest in the First Order. Now that they are increasing their security presence on the Colossus, you must be thrilled. These guys aren't security. They're stormtroopers, and stormtroopers are only for one thing. Messing people when they shoot at them. Yeah. This has a very Clone Wars trailer vibe. I think the same dude edited it. Those planetoids. What could have done that? Pirates, scramble the aces! Okay, pirates, I'm interested. You need troops to protect your station, not racers. First Order will provide all aerial security. All racers are officially grounded. Are you serious? We need a plan. They could be preparing for war. That's why they want this station. Hmm. All remaining systems will bow! 
Whoa. Yeah. All right. As the last day of the Republic. It's even animated Hux. Oh, and Starkiller? You mean it's related to the actual movies here? Yes. Let's blast some bucket heads. Join us. Keep your head down until things cool off. Damn! The First Order has a way of making people disappear. Huh? Alright. We are the Resistance now. Huh. And we're taking back the Colossus. Hit it, Cal! Hey, Browning Faces! After her! Okay. Oh, okay. Fight alongside you any day. Crowning faces. That is a truly amazing plan. Hmm. Returning January thirteenth. So I guess it's all it I has, can say. It has returned. Yeah. All I can say of that trailer is it's working. Yeah. It's working. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, huh. Much. That's what I wanted to see when the first yeah. when the first stuff was coming out of like how it would tie into the films. Yep. And so like the Hux thing is what kind of su- sunk me in to give this stuff a try. Mm-hmm. I, I I will say the characters still seem obnoxious though. <laughs> Not gonna lie. It's okay. It's um, okay. But you well, know, watch, watch it. It is totally. I'll give it a whirl. Now. I'll give it a whirl. And you know what? Maybe I'll binge it. Uh, catch up. When does this thing finish? The season finish? Maybe I'll just binge it all at once. I do not know. Um. And it's Disney Channel, and, and so we've got so Resistance, and of course, Episode Nine. We were just talking about. Don't really know. Uh, let's see. Got yeah, the Mandalorian. Have you talked about Mandalorian? Have not talked about Mandalorian. The Boba Fett and, and, and rumored Boba Fett and Obi Wan are kind of toast. Oh, yeah, here, here's here's now. here's the right thing. Clone. Okay, so the next thing is Clone Wars. Um, mm, Disney. That's right. Disney Plus uh, streaming service. I'm hyped. I'm very excited. I was in the room at Comic Con when they made the announcement. The place went nuts. It was oh, every bet. bit the energy of when you, we saw the Last Jedi trailer at a celebration, which is such a testament to Clone Wars. Um, yeah, I'm hyped. Can't wait. Mandalorian. We've had those first few images. It's also going to be Disney Plus. Uh, but we really don't know too much about it. There's other than I'll the fact that what? it's freaking. They're going to have Boba Fett. I was talking to another lieutenant, a classmate of mine, who we were just literally BSing around, quite literally, a kind of water cooler conversation. And he's like, "Mandalorian, come on, guys, they need to stop beating around the bush and just make Boba Fett in it." And I'm like, yeah, "They will. Come on. Why would they not? It's freaking Boba Fett." Um, if you think about just your average Joe Star Wars fan or pop culture nerd or someone who might be interested, who may not be super hardcore. And they're going to watch a series about Mandalorians, but Boba Fett isn't in it. They're, you're going to feel like you're sold short, right? Uh, it all depends on the timeline. I'll tell you this: you know what I'd love to see if we're if we're going there. Yeah, I'd love to see the inclusion of a Finn Shiza or a Toby Dalla. A Finn Shiza is that from the Karen Travis stuff? It was, well, it was, no, originally. Well, he may have. They may have been in some of those novels. I think Finn Shiza actually was in some of the later novels, but. Uh, uh, but again, those are things I didn't have time to get to. Though I own three copies of all of them. What? Um, what are he first appeared in Marvel's Star Wars, the original Marvel oh, Star Wars, like kind of Easter egg type thing. No, they they went on a quest to find Captain Solo after the Empire Strikes Back. 
Huh. And they're trying to chase down Boba Fett, and they wind up running across Finn Scheiser, thinking yeah. he is uh, Boba Fett because he's got the Mandalorian armor on. And turns out he was one of the one of the Mandalorians who, well, uh, in that version of continuity, he was a Mandalorian who fought alongside Boba Fett in the Clone Wars. But we can make things work. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. We can make things happen. Oh, yeah, I'd say so. The other one, uh, Disney Plus service that has been announced is the Cassie Andor series. Again, a weird right. choice, weird lead character to choose. But you knew something was up because they went and got him and put him back in costume for 90 seconds for yeah. uh, oh, Secrets of the Empire. Secrets of the Empire. Yep, yep, true. I remember that. Um, and uh, we don't really... Only, I mean, he's conser- confirmed to return. We don't really know about like the rest of the cast of Rogue One or what it might be, but uh, I'd be interested to see. I think it's interesting because, you know, he's a guy who who walked on the other side, and I know everybody loves their anti-heroes, and he would be that guy, you know. Uh, we watched him cap a guy in the back yeah. in Rogue One. So, that was like a big, uh, there's like a ooh, ah in the theater yeah, when that first happened. Not a, not a nice guy, you know, yeah. doing the right, doing some very terrible things for the right reasons. Uh, so yeah. I, I think you could really make something out of that dramatically. Yeah, no, I could see that. I could see that. Um, and then really the last two things is the Ryan Johnson trilogy, which they haven't said anything about. Um, but uh, there's no production start date. And so uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, Scott. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I think the whole cinematic deck is being shuffled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, but, so we'll, we'll see. But it, I mean, it was announced on stars.com. So like it's more official yeah. than like some of the other stuff that's unofficial. And in the Benny Hoff and Y series, the Game of Thrones dudes, the producers and showrunners of uh, Game of Thrones, they're writing and producing a new series of Star Wars films. So that's the way Lucasfilm put it. Uh, no specific number, uh, not nothing really specific other than in the press release. They said, it, you know, they clarified it would not be related to the Skywalker saga and not related to Ryan Johnson's films either. So it'll be their own thing, uh, own series of films. Uh, so that, that'd be interesting. And then, of course, the, all the rumored ones, the Obi-Wan, the, the Boba Fett. I think the Obi-Wan one got re- has gotten really close to production start several times and, they've, uh, and, and called it off. Mm. Uh, call, call it like good rumors, like third and fourth sourcing of somebody if I've talked to who talked to somebody who talked to somebody. Like that's, the, that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let me ask you this. Going back to the issue of, of uh, Obi-Wan coming back as a force ghost in episode nine. Yeah. Would it bother you to have a, a, an Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan force ghost when we've established that his force ghost is Alec Guinness? Would, would oh, yeah. it, would it, would it establish that the force ghost can kind of become whatever age they want to be represented yeah, I as? That. Uh, yeah, it would actually bother me a little bit if I'm honest. I think they would, if I had to guess, if I were making the decisions, um, which thank God I'm not. We are. Um, you are. But um, yeah, I would. I I think using him to voice, uh, to maybe do voice for like a CGI Obi-Wan? for for a CGI Obi Wan or like do a heavy uh, makeup type thing where he does he for sort of gets in character as Alec Guinness. Um, I mean, he he kind of did that a lot with episode three. They really focused on getting his sort of makeup and uh, his look to be much closer to Alec Guinness in episode three. So they could sure, just kind of sure. carry that a little bit further. Um, 
Yeah, because at first I was like, he's he's a professional actor. He may not even want to take a role that it's like, hey, look like this other guy being a successful A-list actor. But I'm like, well, that's exactly what he did with episode three. So yeah, very could, much so. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick uh, breather. We'll be right back talking Galaxy's Edge. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We've got another uh, update on Galaxy's Edge, courtesy of Attraction Magazine. And uh, they really break down everything we know on the Resistance ride. Rise of the Resistance. Coming to Galaxy's Edge this summer. First question, Mr. Scott Riefen. I was listening to last week's show, like I do. I keep tabs on what happens around here when I'm gone. <laughs> um, and uh, I know you mentioned you just recently been at the parks. Um, I, I was on the proper... Well, when? When did I say that? What did I say? I'm trying to remember I, the exact... <laughs> what happened last week? <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> Who are we? What is... A, oh, never mind. Um, um, I, was, I was last at the parks in December. Okay. So that's good, right? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. not bad. I was on I was on the property this week, but I'll get into that later. Oh, you were on on property. Yes. Mm. Uh, uh it, but you weren't in a park for shame. Yeah. For shame. To- I was I was literally in Orlando last weekend and I didn't go to the parks and it felt like a, it felt like a sin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Worked out. Uh, that's another story for another time. Hey, uh, Rise of the Resistance. So when do you, are you ready to head back? You ready to head to California in the summer or are you waiting until fall? No, no I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to go here. You know, it's, uh, we go every December to the world anyway yeah. to celebrate our anniversary. And we are booked for the weekend of the 13th through the 15th. Oh, nice. Yeah. Look at you planning so, ahead. We book 11 months out, baby. Nice. That's uh, if your Disney Vacation Club, your open your window opens eleven months out. You can start booking. And what we've learned over time is that if you don't book eleven months out, you may not get what you want. Yeah. Uh, so we we have already booked that weekend, and we we feel like that will be within a time frame that it will be open. You know, everything I've heard. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Is that they're they're pretty far behind California in Florida. Oh, really. Yeah, but I mean, I know behind, well, but I figured that's what that was built in the schedule, but maybe not. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it, I guess it is, but it just you know, it's a little frustrating to be in in going to Florida and knowing that it'll be open. You know, they yeah. say, yeah, they say the the end of the year, and you're like, uh-huh. actually, uh, when I was there this past summer, I sat and videoed the entire. I, I put my camera phone on the entire promo reel that they were running. Uh, at the studios for that. And uh, I think they had it listed. If memory serves me, and it doesn't always these days because I'm getting older, uh, I think they actually listed it as Christmas 2019 instead of fall. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the trailer had fall. That that uh, little buzzy sizzle that came out not too long ago announcing more details on the rides. Yeah. But... We'll see. We'll see. Disney does tend to delay. I think they did with, with the Avatar stuff. was delayed once or twice. Um, so we'll see. But hey, the Rise of the Resistance is one, is one of the centerpiece rides. This and the Millennium Falcon ride. But uh, uh, it basically and uh, is announced in 2015. Okay. Here, sorry. Don't, don't oh, interrupt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but I just want to specifically the the sizzle reel they were running at the studios actually said late fall. Oh, uh, late fall. Okay. Yeah. So, so. January seventh. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, December nineteenth. Yeah. Could be late fall. Yeah. So. Uh, so so here's here's kind of what we know. Here's like a full breakdown. First, there's a blue transport ship that's on display with concept art at the um, what you call it? The perfect. Uh, oh, I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, the 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 the, the Star Wars area. Star uh, Tours. Yeah, well, not Star Tours, but you know the the Star Wars area that they have like all the art and stuff on display. Um, at at Disneyland. I think it is. Uh, uh, let's see. I've not been to Disneyland. You gotta, you gotta cut me some slack on. Yeah, that. no, that's fair. It's a blue transport, um, and it's get, been given a lot of detail. Uh, so there's some suspicion that that's sort of the transport ship uh, design, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. It's because guests will be taking this ship as a sort of pre-show in the queue for Rise of the Resistance. At some point in the queue, and again, this is from Attraction Magazine. Yeah. Uh, at some point in the queue, most likely right after the Fast Pass Plus and Standby merge, guests will be loaded into this rather large kind of transport ship-looking thing. Um, guests will then board the ship, and unbeknownst to them, it will be spun 300, uh, 180 degrees inside. This spinning will allow the room... Ru- room to both load and unload guests at the same time that's smart yeah they say it's a turntable basically yeah large screens combined with music and sound effects will simulate the guests are taking off from batu uh into space while on their way through the galaxy the ship will be captured by the first order dun 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 um and they'll be in a first order star destroyer hangar and that's where we've seen all the construction and pictures and stuff of the like the adats and the giant yep. hangar. Um, and that's sort of where the storytelling begins. Um, no, get, at Disney, the storytelling begins the second you look at the ride. Look uh, at actually, the attraction. That's actually true. That's a fair point. Uh, and um, then when you get in the queue, the storytelling continues. Which they really... Uh, the first time I really was aware of how much work they put into that was when the Seven Doors Mine Train opened. And just like mm-hmm. the queue for that's incredible. Yeah. Um, I've heard incredible things also about Flight of Passage, but I haven't done it yet. I will soon. Uh, Flight of Passage is great, and it's funny you mentioned that because it's what I thought about when I read that article in Attractions Magazine about the uh, about the experience because they kind of – the way you're talking about it, they kind of load you here, and then they load you here, and so there's a lot of storytelling that happens in the queue that doesn't feel like queue. Exactly, and that's and what there, you want. There's a very big part of that in uh, Flights of Passage as well. Yeah. But I will tell you, to boil down Flights of Passage, it is basically uh, soaring on steroids. That sounds good to me. Oh, it's great. It's, I'm it's a sold. wonderful attraction. I'm, uh, yeah, it's one of those that the lion's always been enormous the last few times I've been there. So yeah. Aaron basically has me promising the next time I go to the parks, I'm going to go see it. It's one of his favorites. I think it's his favorite ride, even though he doesn't really, like, he doesn't really care that much about the intellectual property, which, you know, who does? But, yes, no. but you know, the design is evidently really good. Yeah. So No, it's a great attraction. You can't take that away from it. Yeah. Uh, I'm no Pandora fan either, but or Avatar fan either, but 
the attraction's terrific. Yeah. Uh, so back to Rise of the Resistance. At this point, um, guests will lo- will exit this pre-show ship. So it's literally like a pre-show ship. That's kind of cool. It's like a mini ride before the ride. And you'll yeah. be in the hangar, one of the largest rooms in the entire building, complete with animatronic stormtroopers, TIE fighters, picturesque view of space. Guests will be told to, quote, move along as they are taken into individual load rooms. This is cool. Because you're already sort of feeling like you're on a ride, even though you're queuing for a ride. Exactly. Which is really, really cool. that's what they want, because, you know, if if you've ever been on Space Mountain, it's great. But, boy, you're just standing in line. Yeah. And maybe for an hour and a half or two hours. Yeah. They have a little uh, diagram of what the load rooms might look like. Um it, it it's there's a there's a secondary pre-show that are expected to have like a droid of some kind that will explain mm-hmm. safety procedures that's smart uh and you yep. move the story along kind of like rocket raccoon does um uh, in breakout which is my current kind of favorite ride at disney I'm that's not california lie. yeah at california <laughs> yeah sorry i know nothing yep yep uh i know this is weird i'm becoming suddenly this disneyland guy because i've been so much this last year yeah um, oh, I've seen the pictures. I've drooled over the pictures. Don't yeah. worry. It's it's a fun. It's a good time. Um, but all right, guests will be loaded into one of two different trackless first order transport vehicles. The attract. We'll have the link in the show notes as well. It has some more pictures yeah. that you can the, reference. The, the trackless vehicles, as I read that, strike me as they're very similar uh, in construction to either if you're on the East Coast, uh, the dinosaur attraction at uh, Animal Kingdom, uh, or the Indiana Jones attraction, which is essentially the same thing. Oh, I know uh, that one. Disneyland. Yeah, I haven't... I've, Indiana Jones, I know. I've, I've not done the dinosaur one. But yeah, that I could see where that rings true. And they're um, on a base. They're trackless. They kind of run on magnetism, I think, or, or electrical uh, electrical uh, things on the floor. But then also, uh, you know, they're on a base that kind of allows for some motion control. Yeah. So while it actually runs smoothly, you may feel bumps here and there. So yeah, and the way this the rides designs the the the, the they're going to be two buddy transports yep. that will kind of go through the experience together. They're going to enter a blue colored room, and then unlike the preview videos that Disney provided, cast members will not be walking around in this area. Huh? Interesting. I wonder how they know that. Don't know. Uh, uh. Pretty good scoop. The detail, the level of detail. In this I know this. I, that's why I was like, oh, new details. No, this is a really thorough breakdown. Yeah. Um, the buddy transports will enter, and shortly after, a rogue droid will arrive across the bridge. The droid, the droid will hack into the first order mainframe, gaining control of your vehicles. This is very much like Guardians Breakout, by the way. The way it, it works. Is it? Rocket kind of like takes over the ride and like plugs a bunch of mm. stuff in and like oh no it's terrible and then of course the Tower of Terror stuff happens but it's just like yeah. in the gal- in the Guardians universe anyway side jack nice. uh, your escape mission begins the two ride vehicles will exit uh, the large first room in an extremely highly detailed area which is meant to look like the hallways inside a first order Star Destroyer and the real excitement begins when the vehicles turn a corner and come face to face with an animatronic Kylo Ren. His lightsaber will ignite as the vehicles back up and retreat. They'll spin around and go uh, down the second turn only to enter the AT-AT room. It sounds so much fun. Yes. Uh, Full-size AT-ATs will shoot at you. Yes. The, the vehicles become separated, each going their own elevator shaft to the other side of the room. The AT-AT walkers will be massive. Pretty much the exact same size they would be in the actual Star Wars universe. Yep, yeah, we've seen pictures. I'm sure you guys have seen pictures. Uh, once you go up that elevator shaft, the, man, these ride vehicles are going everywhere. Um, yeah. They, oh, yeah. they, they're they on like the second floor of the building, 
which in reality, uh, guess will be more than 40 feet up, which is important later. Mm-hmm. This almost feels like spoilers. <laughs> like, I don't want to know, <laughs> but, uh, but I've got to press on. We're going to do it. So uh, up the elevator shaft, um, then they twist and turn uh, their vehicle and head down a uh, short hallway before the two buddy vehicles meet up again. Both vehicles will see each other as they turn uh, quietly, go under an elevated area. This is will have uh, two animatronics, Kylo Ren, and possibly General Hux. They are going to be expected to be talking about the sudden resistance fighters attacking the ship. They have come to save the guests. Um, and from there, guests will sneak away from the meeting and enter the gun room. Like stated before, there won't be any actual cast members in the attraction ride space, so the stormtroopers are likely to be uh, for just the commercial. So they're comparing it yeah. to the commercial they had. Well, um, they're talking about 350 animatronics in this attraction. Jeez, Louise. Now, to put it in perspective, I think there are 116 in Pirates of the Caribbean. Wow. So, so yeah. So you said what? Three? How many? 300 versus I mean, 150? Like, yeah, like 350 versus like 116, I think. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. So there's going to be this row of guns uh, blasting off into space as the buddy vehicles will drive under them, look for a way out. Guests will feel the power as the guns shoot, recoil, and reload. Um, the accompanying scenes will be uh, will show the Resistance fleet getting blasted uh, on massive screens meant to portray space. Oh, that's cool. The two buddy vehicles once again meet up with Kylo Ren as he swings his lightsaber towards them, causing a visible burn and gash marks on the walls. Kylo will uh, nearly grab the walls when the Star Destroyer will be hit by a huge blast, which will cause Kylo Ren to uh, be caught off guard, uh, caught between a broken piece of the ship and the guests, and the two buddy vehicles will get a call from the Resistance ship as they find an escape pod, and the hacked vehicles will add the coordinates and take off. Okay. Nice. Hmm. But it's not over. Hmm. You almost make it out before meeting up with Kylo Ren. Well, dang it, one more time. Come on. That's what we're going to be like. Yeah. Kylo. Again, well, still- he's the, he's the, uh, he's the Carnotaurus of this attraction. Yeah. He uses the force to hold um, up on the room as he comes at you. But at the last second, a wall collapses, which causes him to focus all of his attention on not getting hit. The buddy vehicles aggressively back up, swerving into their own escape pod. This is where the rumors of the Tower of Terror-style drop emerge. Yes. The 40-foot drop. The escape pods are actually uh, elevator shafts that will drop guests from the highest point of the building. The drop will be accompanied by more high-end screens that will make guests feel as though they've just shot off into space. And the window, uh, windows of the escape pods will show the guests twisting and turning and falling back towards the planet of Batu, and guests will then crash land their pod in an old warehouse the two buddy vehicles will then roll out of the escape pods and end up there in the unload area and this will be uh somewhat visible to guests who are not riding the attraction oh that's cool um mm-hmm. maybe an area where guests can get a photo from PhotoPass. of course of make, course why yes. not i'm likely a gift shop i'm just gonna hazard a guess it's gonna be a gift shop um no doubt yeah that's dude but yeah it's gonna be i'm hyped this is, yeah this is a great description for a wonderful attraction they say all in all the attraction will run 28 minutes whoa yeah what the heck yeah see and tell me that that recent price increase ain't gonna be worth it 
Uh, I'm still hurting from the recent price increase. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> it's fair. Like, but let's be honest. Who's who's gonna stop going? It's their yeah. attendance Especially is gonna keep like going that. up. Yeah. Twenty eight minutes in. Oh. Yeah. Twenty eight minute intro, which is great. Uh, again, uh, let's for comparison, Space Mountain is about three. Yeah. Uh, so Even, you're so talking breakouts. About, breakouts probably about. I'm just guessing, but like six or seven minutes, maybe. I'm just mm-hmm. totally hazarding. That's probably a guess. about right. That's about the length of the Tower of Terror direction. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, look at the article. The uh, Attraction Magazine has like some great pictures, layouts, early construction where they kind of piece together how this stuff works. Even like mm-hmm. a really nice diagram of Black Spire Outpost, which details like sort of like where's the exit for Rise of the Resistance, the entrance. The Central Hub, August Cantina, like all the various, the entrance to Galaxy's Edge from Toy Story Land, and the entrance to Galaxy's Edge from Grand Avenue. That's cool. There's two entrances? The en- I remember yeah, the, reading the entrance about- from Grand Avenue is that big gate. That's right. That's right. That's the one that I, like, I took the picture at. Yeah, um, I think we took a picture of you at that. And and just, again, reminder, the, the earliest date we're hearing, and it was Bob Iger in the interviews, June is when uh, Disneyland would open. It's not an official statement, but, you know, he's the freaking CEO, so I think we can take his word for it. Um, well, things have got to work. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Things do have to work. Um, which kind of gets us um, to this, uh, this, this the crowd control. <sighs> if that's possible. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear when you said uh, it's going to show where they where they can access the land through Toy Story Land, that was a question that I had was whether they were going to allow access through Toy Story Land. I mean, they're right next to each other. Hmm. Um, but they're, right now, there are fences and trees up at Disney World. Okay. Um, there are fences and trees up, so you can take some pictures. I've taken a number of pictures of the construction as it's been going on, but uh, I-, I wondered if when they opened it, were they going to allow people to you know kind of migrate between the two worlds because they are so very different. Uh, and I actually have a little bit of a theory on that as to something they should do that they probably won't. Uh, and that is, have you been to Toy Story Land yet? So, no, I haven't. Um, uh, on a recent episode of the Mouse and Castle podcast, you can hear Aaron Goins review it because he, he, uh, he was there back in November. Um, great place. Great fun. And as you know, there's always storytelling going on and there's always theming going on. There's always something, you know, there's a reason yeah. for everything. And part of the premise of Toy Story Land is that you are shrunk down to the size of a toy. Oh, and that's cool. why the the uh, you know the army the wooden the, the green army men are are full sized and you know there's a giant guy in a woody suit and you know you're the size of a toy and that's why you can ride Aaron, on Slinky Dog. Yeah, Aaron liked it. He said it was a little unkempt was the word he used, um, uh, because w- with like the plant life and stuff. The, yeah, and the I, landscaping looks brand new. And it looks kind of thrown in there, and it does. It's a little. It's it's very piney and stuff like that, which and, is not. And he said they're kind of trying to go for like a kid's backyard feel, but it doesn't yeah. quite. But he really liked the actual rides and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I yeah. like two of the three. Uh, I'm not a fan of alien uh, saucers, but uh, yeah, they're, they're very. It's very. You know, the premise is you're shrunk down the size of a kid uh, of a toy. So why yeah. not then step into from Toy Story? Step into Star Wars, where you are an action figure. Okay. Ooh. Basically. And I'm sure that's... It kind of you know, works, right? Yeah, there's a little continuity there if you do it that way. I didn't even think of that. That makes But they perfect, do... Huh? That makes perfect sense. 
Yeah. But the, the cast members call you when you're in the Toy Story Land. They call you toys. Oh. They don't call you people or guests or anything. They say, okay, toys, come on. That's, dude. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I want to go. But I also want to, uh, but Flight of Passage takes priority. I'll go to both. Yeah. I also, I'm just, mm, you know what? Uh, I wanted to go. I, it, it didn't work out. But uh, next time, I will be back in, um, I sort of have reasons to be in and out of the Orlando area a lot throughout the next year. So I imagine that I just went to Google Maps and mm. just, you know, randomly kind of looked up routes to Leesburg, Florida, because mm. it's actually not Orlando. It's Leesburg, which is a nice, oh, I don't know, 45 minutes north west it's basically where's the from disney it's like right up 27 okay if you take yeah 27 out because you know florida right yeah uh, sure uh so that's kind of where it is um uh, anywho i'll probably be in it out of there so uh, i imagine uh excuses will be made to to make my way uh back to the old disney world uh soon I, i'm sorry i got, well I got to do totally so. distracted there uh crowds hey so this has been a problem for a while, crowds at Disney. You're no stranger mm-hmm. to the fiasco that Disney no. Which, uh, But it's really the advent of, we kind of go back to Harry Potter um, in 2016, had like a freaking line of cars out to the uh, freeway exit, <laughs> nearly, <laughs> um, when, when Harry Potter, same thing in China um, when they opened Shanghai Disneyland in 2016. Oh, people were throwing their kids over the fence. In Shanghai? In Shanghai. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. Jeez. And so, like, Disney keeps up doing more upgrades, like Toy Story Land and Avatar and all this, these other new things. So, the, like, crowds keep coming, even though they're raising prices. And so, with Galaxy's Edge, we're getting, well, a lot. Quote, you have several more generations that followed Star Wars than you have with Harry Potter, said Martin Lewinson, who's a theme park expert and business management professor at Farmingdale State College in New York. You know, someone was doing this piece that Bruce set up for us at the LA Times, and they're like, "Who can we? Who's a theme park expert?" And they Googled it That's, and they found him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of people are going to be going. Um, yes. So it's there. It's well, going to be interesting to see how they actually handle the. Uh, how, how do you actually handle the crowds? You're gonna. What they're gonna do? They're gonna piece. They're gonna head count it. They're gonna have to head count it. Uh, it's what they did with Avatar. Uh, and uh, and and Pandora, you know the land of Pandora. Uh, when they first opened it up, they had counted the land, and yeah. they would close off the land when there were too many people in that land. No way, uh, they did that. Yeah, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, they sure did. I guess and for so, for like fire code, you have to at some point, right? Well, I mean, they they you know they will head count a park. Yeah, you know they've done they do that all the time, uh, especially New Year's week, but. Yeah, when when Avatar first opened up, when Pandora first opened up at Animal Kingdom, they did head count the land, and they would close it up and only let people in after you know a certain number of people had left. Hmm. Okay. Well, so I, I guarantee you they're going to have to do that there, and it's going to create it's going to create frustration on the one hand because you paid a hundred and something dollars to get into that park and you can't go where you want to go, but at the same time it's going to create hysteria and people you know demand. Yeah, you know, it's no. that it's that cool it's, thing. It's the new iPhone, right? It's the same yeah. kind of principle that applies. Yeah, this LA yeah. Times piece will also have it kind of 
talks about this surge in attendance and how they're dealing with it, which is dubbed Project Stardust, which, man, that's very Star Warsy. Um, very magical sounding, but so it's actually a pedestrian project that Disney's doing, which is basically launched two years ago, very quietly. And all they're doing is kind of tweaking, shrinking, eliminating trees, flower planters, moving queue lines in designated areas and like stroller parking and, uh, basically just doing every little thing, kind of eliminate any checkpoints as possible just to really help with the flow of traffic as much Mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah, and they have to. They're having to. And if you notice the Grand Avenue entrance, I don't know if you remembered or not, but they have literally made it so that there is nothing but a gigantic wide open walkway straight into that gate. Yeah. No, it's no, it's uh, it's been a it's been a while, but I do remember. I mean, the first year I went to Disney was 2013. Yeah, 13, I think. Star Wars Weekends in yeah. 2013 was the first time I'd ever been to the park and yeah, it was it's it was so much better then to say nothing of when I'm sure you used to go in the 1930s, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'd go get our picture taken with steamboat Willie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh geez. Oh man, dude, I I hate to call it, but I I think on that note, we're going to have to call (laughs) the show. Um, (laughs) We didn't Boba's bounty. I know we didn't Boba's bounty. We have like a spoiler segment, all kinds of crap that Uh. didn't get to, but that uh, you know, a show is a show. We've been rock and rolling here for a bit, dude. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, good oh, show man. as always. Anytime, you know that. Except uh, when I can't. Yeah. Okay. Anytime, <laughs> with the exceptions of unavailable time slots. Yeah. Except Get when it. I can't or don't want to. Yeah. Other it. than that, anytime. You are a generous man, um, <laughs> Scott Rifen, a, a gentleman, scholar, and radio professional. Uh, follow him on the old Twitters at Rifen R R Y F U N. Uh, you're on the old WGIG, which has a podcast if you're into the more of the talk radio type of uh, local news and politics stuff. If that's your thing, I'm, I'm, I know folks can go there. And then my Star Wars story. Uh, tell folks where to find all the crap and uh, I mean all the great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, MyStarWarsStory.com. Yep. You can also get to My Star Wars Story by going to OurStarWarsStories.com. Okay. <clears throat> I like I like it. I heard I heard the comment on last week's show and I uh, you know what I say to you, sir? Well done. Also, Thanks. it used to be called the Comlink. Anyway, uh, <laughs> for the very few list, subset of listeners who will get that, I just had to throw that in. Um, <laughs> you know, listen, the great, the sincerest form of flattery, right? Yes. Right? Yes. <clears throat> um, so, although I'm going to be selfish, because I really enjoyed... Um, coming on the show and recording with you in person uh my star wars story uh, oh yeah so i'm shamelessly yes. googling myself my star wars story riley blanton because if you go if you go to the old itunes store you're listening there anywhere you get um uh S- star wars what do you call it C- podcasts that's what i'm looking yes, for they're called podcasts. yeah yeah it's episode 14 Ooh, recorded way back october 1st 2015 Mm. And we recorded it like in the spring, right? Or something like a few months before. Yeah, Jeez, yeah we Louise. recorded it. Uh, and we, we sat down at Locos, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and uh, and recorded the episode. Locos a, doesn't exist anymore at all. No. Sad day. It is. Uh, well, it's at, ch- check it out. Episode 14. Uh, you can hear 
Well, that's like Baby Riley. That's like four years ago. Jeez, that's forever ago. <laughs> it says, like, like last episode's Justin Bulger. Riley was raised overseas, but Riley lived in Pakistan. It's strange. It's funny. It's touching. Aw. It's strange. It's funny. It's touching. It's Riley Blanton on my Star Wars story. That's right. Um, uh, so check it out. I really had fun. That's a, and it, actually, that's a good shorthand. If you've listened to the show for a while and you don't really know like my background in fandom and stuff, that's a great like one-stop shop to get it. So... Uh, check that out. Hey, uh, also follow the show here. Of course, it's at Star Wars Report on Twitter and uh, at uh, The Riley Guy on my Twitter and my Instagram and all those fun things. Uh, especially, I'm mostly active on Instagram these days. That's the best place really to find me. Um, and uh, I think that's going to do it. Scott, am I forgetting anything? Are we good? Are we ready to roll? Don't ask the old guy if that's, you've forgotten anything. Uh, that's actually a fair point. I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff. There's still stuff in the notes for next week that we weren't able to get to. So much stuff going on. Hey, also big shout out to Nate. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the show. And hey, uh, just a, a shout out and thank you to everybody supporting the show over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. You can join the community there. Uh, pledge a couple bucks a month if you like. Uh, Scott, you're a fine patron of the show, which I which we do. I do. We yeah. appreciate. Um, and we also give you cool bonus content like... Um, uh, at the beginning of the year, as we launched this uh, multi-series commentary, I made it all in like one long-form video, picture-in-picture, picture, where you can actually like watch the movie on your mobile device and listen to the commentary at the same time. So you can do that. Awesome. Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Until next time, may the Force be with you and many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. I'll take that time. And scene. And scene. I'll take that timing. That worked. Yeah. Usually I'm not that, that good. good live. Oh, what the heck's happening? I thought I'd be all rusty after it's been like no. a month and a half. Jeez.